0: It's the I Hedonistic know, Way podcast.
1: Welcome to the Hedonistic Way. At New it's, New it's a way of life. life. tastes life. like freedom. And it's the I'm most powerful, mind blowing. It's a revolution. and, heart and she heart is wide open. Love. It's a love. Love. Contra- It's a revolution. It's a liberated love. Conscious conversation. It's a revolution.
0: It's a revolution. It's a revolution.
1: She is it's the most decadent arts, way of She's way. a living, breathing, embodiment intimate and intuitive complex way and she's exploring her humans, shadows who would disrupt herself from societal and, life, and cultural displays so she can live success. her truth. Not only that, she just oozes gentleness and this inner peace and wonder that i find absolutely enticing so i welcome to the show Ilse faye how are you i'm i'm amazing and wow what an intro
0: thanks renee thanks for having me on your on your show it's a pleasure to be here
1: my pleasure i was really excited to have you on the show and um and I just get, I just get drawn to. Um, it's a feeling that it's you know you and I haven't connected before. We've connected on Facebook, but we haven't connected. But it was just something in one moment where I was like, "Yeah, she's she's the one. <laughs> she's one of the one of those epic humans that I have to chat to." Um, I want to. The first thing I want to ask you is. How I've never met anyone that is in the, I'll say, like in the sexuality, sensuality, tantra, eroticism and talking about, you know, um, living this prog- pro- provocative life mm-hmm. um, but yet you have this gentle kind really softly just this really beautiful energy about you so i want to ask you about that what what is that fusion and how because i feel like that's the magic that you bring to everything that you do like it's your secret weapon so i want to ask you about that you're in an industry where they're very you know a I'm stereotyping, but a lot of the people are very different in nature to that. So, mm. yeah, tell us about that.
0: Well, yeah, great question and beautiful to hear your reflection um, mm. about, I guess, how I'm perceived by you. I think, I guess, that the the, the peace and the softness that I'm bringing through actually has come with a lot of work, mm. Um you know, not long ago, I I realized that I'd actually been living a lot of my life in fear from a fear-based state. And so I think that how that manifested for me was in a really hard exterior. So I would come across as very forceful and penetrative and hard. And over the last few years, I've really been, I guess, working with with the more subtle energies and the lightness within my being and with the feminine, the feminine essence. And I guess what it's revealing is um, my more natural essence of how I move through the world, and so I do embody eroticism and seduction, and, and I love those. I love to play in those realms, mm. um, but also I don't I don't hold the vibration of needing to challenge or confront people from a place of wanting to blow them up. Mm. I actually find that the way through for me is to deliver myself or to deliver my beliefs and my opinions and um, the things that I stand for in a way that opens doors and opens conversations and allows it to be received Mm. Um, and I I guess that's just my transmission and that particularly comes through in in art for me through beauty and through art I feel like it's a way to reach people because people can just take what they want, as they need it from from art or from beauty, as opposed to, uh, I guess, having it having it shoved down their throat or or something like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that you know it's um it's I've been in this field for just over ten years now, and um, we went from you know the long copy with the you know when we would use the yellow highlighter for the important words and you know <laughs> <laughs> but, and as much as but we still do long copy mm-hmm. and we still now do uppercase and it might look a little bit different mm-hmm. but um it's it's still around and that's something that I really love is that there's people like yourself that honor the art and honour your own essence and you open up, you know, a conversation and where you invite and call people in. I want to ask you about that is you speak about finding your essence mm-hmm. and, you know, what that looks like. So instead of shoving things down people's throats and doing it in a much more honouring way for yourself and to everybody else around you, what was the, that what was that exploration like within yourself? And so, like, if someone's watching and they go, "I'm not sure about my inner essence," and they're you know they kind of feeling like they're getting sucked into the vortex of of social media or being online or you know feeling like they should be doing this or you know this particular formula blueprint whatever. Um, what would you say to those people with? you know, and your own experience in that? Mm, what
0: would I say to those people? Um, I would say that the process of discovering your essence, your transmission, your gifts it can be long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, And what I've found is that the magic reveals itself slowly Mm. and I feel like it reveals itself slowly because for some not not for everybody some people are fully in their magic and essence you know Mm. from the moment they take their first breath um and are aware of it but I feel that for me the magic has unfolded and I've just had to journey um I've had to just have a journey and I feel like part of my my teenage years was about trying to fit in and trying to belong and wanting to look like everybody else with straight hair and low-slung jeans and whatever it was that I just, I needed to yeah. look like and change myself to feel like I fitted in. Yeah. And so for that that process of discovering that I had curly hair
1: yeah. that I
0: didn't even know for 10 years because I would straighten it. Yeah. And having to then be okay with having curly hair and what did that mean for me
1: mm.
0: and being okay with wanting to dress differently or not wear makeup or not shave my legs and not wanting to conform yeah. those little pieces of claiming little bits back for myself mm. really supported my confidence and my self-esteem and so I mean every everybody's journey to their essence is going to be completely different. And um, I was watching, actually, I was watching Taylor Swift's Miss Americana on Netflix just a couple of weeks ago. And what I was really struck by is that, and and I really, and I admire her, is that she has always been in her essence. She's always been a songwriter. Mm. She's never done covers. And that, for me, that's beautiful. And, And my journey has been one of being a bit of a copycat yeah and having to copy until I find well, what is my way through mm. what does that look like for me and then how mm. does that feel inside my body yeah until I've been able to then really develop myself as a woman what is my parenting style what are my values as a mother as a woman and what are the sorts of offerings and events that I want to land in the world
1: mm. Mm. and and you, you know you talk about them so beautifully and I think that that's a lot of people can resonate and I definitely can about, you know, you've been, you're feeling like a bit of a copycat and, you know, that's been our journey for, for so many people, um, especially in this industry and anyone on the entrepreneurial journey. Definitely. Um, you know, <laughs> when Marie folio first started and then you know, you've just seen all these Marie Folio clones everywhere, and and um. So, what did you discover about yourself that really shocked you or took you by surprise in that journey? Mm.
0: I feel like the biggest takeaway that I that I received from the copycat uh, era of my yeah. life, yeah. Is that there's absolutely no shame in it.
1: Yeah.
0: That our children are learning by copying us. Yeah. That everything is learned by copying. Oh, you say this word, I copy you. What mm. oh, makes this sound, I copy that sound. And that's part of the journey to discovering who you are as you try different things on. You try on identities, you try on styles of writing yeah. or your voice, how you dress. And through that process, that's then when you start to peel back the layers of who you are underneath. Mm. I feel like I've seen a lot of shaming around the copycat um, yeah. in this community and in lots of other communities yeah, as definitely, well.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: But I think it's a vital part of development, actually. Mm.
1: Mm. I love that. And it's something that, um, you know, it's really something that we all experience or have experienced, or, you know, especially if there's been a play on, you know, words, like the feeling like that we own words, you know. So if someone else uses any particular words, it's like, well, no, like they're my words. (laughs) And and it's funny. So I really love, love your take on it. And it's really, it's a honoring and refreshing perspective really. Um, And I love that there's no shame around that um why do you think that so many of us feel like we have to conform Mm -hmm. in order to fit in and our sense of belonging Mm -hmm. to and our desire to fit in is so huge um why, why do we have that? What, where does that come from, do you think?
0: <laughs> That's a big question. I know. <laughs> um, there's so many different mm. possible answers and perspectives. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, I would take it back to, you know, very ancient tribal times. Mm. Belonging means you are safe. If you don't belong, if you don't conform and fit into the rules and regulations and expectations of your tribe and you're out on your own, well, it's it's dangerous. There are animals that are going to come and eat you or you may not be able to provide or fend for yourself. And I think, um, you know, as a woman uh there's the element of having children if you don't belong if you don't conform and if you are not part of that community then you're not only risking your own life and your own safety and security but that of your children as well and so I feel like that's that's an extra layer one that I haven't understood until I became a mother how Mm. how critical that was
1: Mm.
0: um and I feel that you know that there's a really big shift happening um as as the waves of consciousness and spirituality have been moving through the planet, you know, over the last, you know, maybe 50, 100, 200 years, and I feel like what we're coming to now is where the belonging piece is not so much about belonging to a group, although that still feels amazing and it, it can be really vital for well being, yeah. but it's almost more like a belonging to self, coming back and feeling like actually I don't need to conform I don't need to fit in Mm. because I belong as a unique individual that's just part of a large organism. And I feel like once that really starts to land in the body and in the mind and in the heart, that's where actually we start to move more in synergy as a planet and Mm. as community.
1: Absolutely. How does that relate to eroticism?
0: <laughs> Good one. Mm. Mm. I've just got like
1: tingles oh, in my, my
0: body. <laughs> my... Um, how does that relate to eroticism? Mm. For me, eroticism, it's not. It's not a thing. It's mm. not. It's not something it's it's within and it is part of essence and I feel that each individual each person each leaf each flower each animal building has its own eros has its own eroticism it can be eroticized yeah. um, and so I feel that as we're coming into synergy as as humans with our planet there is an erotic charge and synergy happening between us and I feel that that can be very innocent it doesn't have to be highly sexualized which I feel like eroticism is often highly sexualized and taboo and a little bit scary and all those sorts of other things but really it can be very innocent Mm. Um, and so you know I, I am playing with my events in in the realms of a more, high, a more sexually charged eroticism. Yeah. But for me, Eros is, is actually really a state of innocence.
1: Mm. That's so true. And the purity mm. that, that comes from that. And that is something that, um, that it's just, it's so sacred, Mm. isn't it you know and I think that that's um yeah there's so much you know we hear about so much about you know the shadow side of it and um but the depth is something really it's just beautiful how then does that correlate to to the natural universal energies and laws.
0: How does eroticism correlate? Mm. Or how does innocence correlate?
1: Let's go with all of it. Okay.
0: Why not? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I feel like universal energies, I don't feel like they're necessarily sitting in a state of eroticism or in a state of innocence, I feel like, you know, the energies of, at the atomic level, they just are mm. and they are movement and they are stillness and they can be and embody and emit and transmit and uh, and, and take within any, any element, any aspect, any archetype, like anything, they can be everything. So I don't feel like universal energies are one thing or another thing um they they are everything Mm. we are made up of you know however many billions trillions gazillions atoms and molecules and cells and yeah um yeah
1: Mm. why do you think that you know and be just um the reason why I'm kind of along this thought is um you know we're talking about this beautiful synergy and how the natural universal laws are in all things, and they're not one thing um, in in particular. And I just i was I'm curious as to your thoughts around why do we why do we have to categorize everything and label everything like it's, you know this is our spirituality box and this is our sexuality box and this is our job and this is our relationship and why do you think that we do that
0: i think it helps us make sense of the world um, <laughs> i think that by categorizing and organizing different aspects and elements of ourselves and of the world It supports, you know, a direction of thought to greater understanding. Mm. Um, I mean, in some ways you can liken it to it at school, you know, we have our different subjects at school that we need to learn. And and then as we, you know, go along further in school, we start to specialise and we're really kind of channelling into one area and then through university even that's even more specialised. And I feel like when we are categorising aspects, it can support A greater in-depth understanding and knowledge of those of of the one that really calls you in and that is of great interest and and in some ways I feel like that's really important because each person and each soul on the planet is going to specialize in their in their own element in their own aspect and so I, I feel like that's yeah that that's really supportive and I think in an you know we we're also living in a in a in an older paradigm where we've categorized some things as good and some as bad mm. and when we're looking at the self you know what that can look like is taking on board the things that we like that are good that make us feel like good humans and um that are in integrity or whatever it might be, and then there are the things that are bad that we're like, oh, we're not that. Yes. <laughs> you know that that is for those people over there who um, I'm not like them. Mm. And then we get and then we get a split. I'm not entirely certain of, of why that's been an important part of human evolution, mm. but what I feel like we are coming to is where, through shadow work or, or any other sort of spiritual self-reflective work. Mm we're starting to look at those aspects that we have said, that's bad, that's what, um, you know, the torturers and the murderers and that's what those people do and I'm not like that. Yeah. But as we're starting to bring those things home to ourselves, which doesn't mean that we then go out and murder and torture people, yeah. but it means that we start to understand as best as we can mm. that energy, that energetic vibration and stop making it wrong and once we stop making it wrong and bring it into our hearts and into our bodies being able to see that with compassion mm. in a lot of ways we come into more of into more wholeness into integrated completion within our beings
1: yeah absolutely it's yeah i yeah i don't even think i have any words for that i i, I agree mm. so much so much so and um Mm, definitely. Um, you said earlier you spoke about art and how you feel like that's the way forward and that's where you're at mm-hmm. personally. What does that look like for you right now, and why is it so important that we honor that? Oh, oh I
0: didn't know, but I'm really glad you asked me this question. Asked me this question. So art. Uh, my my focus on art has actually been actually coming in quite slowly and in, in such a subtle way that I, it almost has crept up on me yeah. in, in the most strange way because actually I've always been highly creative but have denied that
1: mm.
0: aspect of myself. Yeah. And so through working with art and through recognising the power of art to create conversation, to create dialogue and how beauty informs our receptivity yeah. to innovation and to revolution. Um, for me, uh, you know, that actually I'll share with you, there was a, a really interesting thing that happened late last year where they had a the climate, um, what's it called? um like a strike a climate strike in Melbourne yeah. and i didn't find out about it until maybe like the middle of the day
1: yeah.
0: and it was the last day of school and i was like okay i'm going to i'm going to go to this strike i'm going to go pick up my son from school early and we're yeah. going to get on the tram we're going to go into the city and we're going to be part of this movement yeah and everything that could have gotten in the way to stop me from getting there did yeah. <laughs> And I was torn between like frustration at just really wanting to be part of this and then just settling into okay. All right, I can't my son got can't get him out of class early enough. And now his bag has got a million books, which we cannot take into the city. We need to take that home. And the trams are not running and all all the things. I was like, okay, so I got home, we got home. I was like, all right. Maybe I'm not here to protest. Yeah. Maybe I'm not here to strike. Maybe I'm not here to walk in a crowd with however many people and, and, and be in that energy.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so what am I here for? Mm. That's not, that is not a vibration that I hold anyway. Yeah. But what I was aware of was I want to be part of change mm. and I want to do it in a way that supports my being Mm. that honors and leads my vibration and how I want to transmit my essence not only to the world but as an example to my son and to my family yeah and what i'm realizing more and more through creating art yeah. is that it's coming through in lots of different ways mm. and beauty and sensuality and a curiosity in having a dialogue mm. for me is far more powerful than protesting or striking, and there are de- there's definitely a place for that,
1: yeah.
0: and it's powerful, powerful movement that people can embody and have mm-hmm. made amazing change.
1: Yeah.
0: And for me, that's not it. For me, it's more subtle than that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love, I love what you say there, and um, I think it's just. You know, it comes back to knowing, you know, or for me it's a reminder that coming back and questioning what is true for you is an everyday thing, isn't it? You know, it's not something that's like, yeah, cool, I know my essence and I know my gifts, and I can just wipe my hands with that and and move on. It's um it comes up time and time again. Um You have an event this Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, I want, well, I want to hear about that, but I also know that it's the last one. So this is a bit of a two-part question Uh (laughs) Um, because I want to know why it's the last one and what was that and what's happening for you within that how but first I want to know I was watching a video that you put on Facebook and you were talking about how how grounded you felt mm. leading up to this event mm-hmm. and, and how graceful everything was flowing and you just felt at ease and I don't know if you use the word bliss but that's kind of the vibe that I that was just oozing out of you which was so beautiful so you know because there's so many events and in the past like I love events and um every time I'm at the event I'm like oh this is perfect but the lead up to the event like I find (laughs) fucking stressful (laughs) (laughs) so I'm curious about to hear you know is this going into this do you usually feel this grounded and at peace (laughs) and how do you do that but also tell us about the event and yeah sure sure. (laughs) so i
0: um i have not always felt as grounded as what i do uh, with this final installment. So the event is called erotica. Yeah. It came through so a little bit of background just quickly. Erotica came through as a download, as a creative vision, probably around this time last year. And I was actually going to be hosting an event called the erotic heart and the lead up to that felt not right. And I'd had this creative vision of like this self-pleasure ritual in front of an audience. And I was talking to my partner. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. That's crazy. Like, what, like, what, what like, what is even wrong with me that I would have that vision? Um, and, you know, I'm so grateful for my partner because he's, he's just always back to me. hundred percent has been my support person. He's like, well, of course you can do it. Like if that's what you want to do, do that. And I was like, okay, all right. Woo. You know that, that feels edgy to me, yeah. <laughs> very edgy. So it happened very quickly. So from from the creative vision to the delivery of the first erotica was six weeks, yeah. and we sold out. It was a, it was an incredible experience. I had a lot of support through the tantra, spiritual communities with performers and contributors, and it was it was really amazing. And I, it was really. A fly by the seat of your pants kind of experience, and I learned a lot. And I was nervous. I was super nervous, but there was no other option than to do it. Yeah. Like I might have died in my in myself if I had not taken that leap yeah. and been afraid and delivered that offering. The second one, again, I found challenging but in a whole different way. Um, you know, I made some mistakes or, or I had some learnings yeah. um, with money around what events cost and to produce. Yeah. And that was a fantastic learning curve for me. And delivering that was an opportunity for me to step into a different aspect of myself and to call in different energies. And that was really playing in a highly sexualized, light and dark aspect of sex sexuality Mm -hmm. um and it was beautiful that was really a community event we had lots of different communities there um, and a real coming together of i guess love actually um but that was also a stressful event and this event um the reason it's the last one is because it feels so deliciously complete. Mm. It just feels like a well-baked cake. Yeah. Like I don't have any polarization within myself. I don't have any fear around it. For me, this erotica is the, the like the color of it is like this deep orange which I know sounds a bit strange but it's like very much it's very much like in a womb real passion real delight and eros without the need to be anything and so my invitation to um, all all of my performers and contributors in erotica has always been to just bring your eros whatever that looks like and whatever that looks like on the night so if you have committed to doing um, you know, a, a, a song or a, or a spoken word piece, and then on the night you're not feeling that you want to do something else, do that,
1: yeah.
0: You know, be in your authenticity.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to be bringing through my own new archetype of mistress erotica, and this feels really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, And there's going to be flamenco performers. There's going to be a diversity of age. There's going to be a diversity of performance art styles, of eroticism through the senses, so sight, smell, sound, touch. Um, Yeah, so that's that's the third and final instalment of erotica this Friday night.
1: That's beautiful. And I'm a sucker for archetypes. Like I... (laughs) love them Uh tell me about this new archetype that Mm -hmm. you're channeling
0: mistress erotica Mm. so I guess my experience has been one where I've I've played in submission and surrender and Mm -hmm. so for me submission is the shadow of surrender, so yeah. submission is being being kind of forced down. Yeah. Um, whereas surrender is a willingness to open mm-hmm. and to actively be receptive, and so that has given me um, a lot of stability within myself and a lot of confidence um, as a woman to be vibrating the the the, the aspect of surrender. But from that, also what has developed is my ability to to then lead, to then lead from a place of exploring dominance Mm. and not to have dominance over but to explore what is it like to have others surrender? Mm. What is it like for them to willingly give their eros and their time and their energy and their attention To something to allow me to create something magical so that's for me that's what the mistress erotica is about is i'm so grateful for the people who are contributing Mm. and for the people who are coming as audience or guests because they're allowing me to create something beautiful for them Mm. and that's a real that's a real gift for me
1: i love that I feel like that's my response to everything that you're saying. <laughs> but just something just clicked inside of, of me then and um and you know and last and um last year I got certified as a dominatrix and yeah I've not actually said that publicly <laughs> wow. I that loud before. <laughs> but and it's it's pure it's purely for lifestyle um but I really love and it just deeply resonates with that is the submission and it's the surrender and what has been the most amazing beautiful experience and now I get from you and I'm just kind of talking out loud um I get why you've got that almost that quiet unspoken just that softness and peace but deep trust
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I get why it's so captivating and so alluring. And now I know where it comes from. So for me, I just, it clicked inside of me then. I fully understood. And I love what you said about the difference between submission and being forced into submission mm-hmm. to absolutely surrendering yeah. um, because it's such a beautiful, sacred space. And I think the the transfiguration that happens yeah. in that is Absolutely huge, and um, in my own experience, I realized the power of and importance of benevolence mm. within that space, and especially, um, you know, being a Dom for me, that was really important, and um, yeah. I'm really excited. Now I really, really want to go Friday.
0: <laughs> well I actually have I actually have a special code for all of your listeners. If they do want to come. I'm offering that's 20% off and the code yeah. is 2020 Queen Erotica.
1: Okay. And that's
0: available until this Friday.
1: Awesome. I'll put that um I'll put that in the copy afterwards. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Um uh, that transmission has just got me super excited. Like, oh, I, I really need to see that. Wow. <laughs> um, you were talking before we spoke about that, um, you were talking about the journey into wholeness yeah. and. I can't remember the exact words that you said, but do you feel like that is the journey that we're all taking? Is that the journey?
0: I don't feel like I can speak for everybody. Um, I feel that... hmm, I don't I don't feel that I can speak I don't feel like I can answer on behalf yeah. of everybody's journey but what well, I can answer to my own yeah. and I feel that it, it may be to wholeness or it may be to whatever wholeness ex, what, what extent that is just yeah. for myself and that may not look whole to other people
1: yes
0: and that's okay um, and something that that I've you know, really been, I guess, exploring is that everybody is on a journey. <laughs> like I mean, it goes without saying, but, but more than that, if I go down another layer, mm. it's whether I think I'm doing the, doing the work yeah. or not, mm. it is still unfolding. Life is still unfolding. The energies and the transformations are still occurring. Yeah. Everything that comes into my world, every word that I speak
1: contributes
0: to my evolution, to my journey, and I get the learnings. Yeah. I don't even have to try. Nobody has to try. You're just on the journey. Yeah. And then, of course, you can activate through categories into other areas more intensely, and that rewards you with other gifts and challenges. Yeah. So, wholeness, whatever that looks like to each person
1: yeah yeah that's a, that's a beautiful invitation to you know really honor you know our own unique journeys um, what would you say to people who do get um, do get swayed by the noise and do get swept up into into other people's, thought processes or beliefs or perceptions or whatever it is, um, what would you say to those people in relation to staying true to to who they are and reflecting back?
0: Uh, look, I think that other people's opinions and perspectives are extraordinarily valuable mm. um, and I feel that... It's very human and very natural to allow other people to influence you. Yeah. I actually feel like that's okay. I actually feel like it's a good thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if you're not able to, like being able to hear allows you to gather more data more information. And then from there, then you can start to sift through what actually feels Mm. right. And I feel like what that supports is letting go of judgment Yes. Like, no, I'm not going to listen because that person said that thing that I didn't like. Oh. like okay, well, I didn't like that bit, but I really like that bit. Yes. And, and being able to, to take that in. So I would say that I'm somebody who can be very easily influenced. You know, yes. if I find a mentor, if I if I discover a new person who I'm like, ah, they're just saying all the things that really resonate with me right now, that's a beautiful addition to my life. Yeah. And I think like all things, influences within your life are cyclic and yeah. at some point you will have received all of the medicine that you need and you'll take what is good for you, maybe leave what isn't and then yeah. move on and, and receive different information and influences. And I think that this is why mentors are really valuable and I have mentors Um and I listen to other people's opinions and perspectives. And I don't always interject and I don't always say, well, no, I don't agree with that. I don't need to. It's just, ah, oh, that's interesting. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, whoa, I'm yeah. not sure about that one, but but it's important information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for me, what comes up is it just really goes back to you know that being self-aware and having the ability to for that self-inquiry as to what it means you know what it means for us and the judgment of you know just the importance of you know that having or trying to um trying to embody non-dualism you know what is bad what is good and just using all of it for an exploration for um, for our own evolution. And, um, yeah, yeah. I really like how, um, you know, there's so much in this space about, you know, um, curating, I don't know, curating your feeds or, you know, like shutting off to this person or that person or this train of thought or this diet or what, you, whatever it is. Mm. Um, but, your frame on it is um is just so beautiful it really really is and um and I think that you know for those people who who are listening um you know perception is such such a beautiful thing and how how we view and how we see the beauty Mm -hmm. in in life can can look totally differently um well, I would
0: say I, I, I do also curate my, my feed.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: I guess the flip side, which I didn't just speak to, is that sometimes you do need to do that. Yeah. There, there are things that don't resonate or there have been things that I just start to feel like it lands uncomfortably or in a negative way for my body or for mm-hmm. my being or for my mental health and I, and I have Um, had quite a journey with social media. So, yes, be open to perspectives and influence and also be discerning Mm. about what is good for you. And that could be different in an hour or in two weeks' time. It doesn't have to stay the same. Um, But I would say that discernment around what you are allowing to come in Mm. is equally as important as being open to other information.
1: Yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely. that's been a big a big journey for me discernment you know I think um I've had a you know huge journey with that and it is so important um how you know you mentioned that you know you have have a son and you have a partner how have you what I want to say, how have you managed? But it's not—that's not the right word. Um, how do you do? Talking about, you know, I mentioned in the intro, you know, how you've broken through societal and cultural restraints, and you know, being in the industry that that you're in, and being a parent and a partner. How have you navigated through through that and honouring? both of them you know what conversations have you had to have you know what what's your take on it
0: um it hasn't really been like a thing it's just been I've just always been I guess uh uh, always very open-minded and I was born in Byron Bay so I've kind of grown up with an openness to different spiritual concepts and um it's just it's really easy you know we just talk about all the things we need to talk about we do emotional processing in the house we talk about feelings we talk about other people's reactions and what that could mean and how we could navigate and sex and body hair and it's just yeah it's just not really been Mm -hmm. for me it's just been always crazy yeah
1: How then, because, you know, as a parent, you have different circles of, you know, people around you. And then, I don't know, if and even if you are, is if you're connected with them on social media and you're talking about, you know, like it might be marketing for your event or things like that, um, how do you navigate that and um, what would you say, you know, to anybody? listening what what would be your advice in that space about you know having that freedom of self-expression mm-hmm. but also being mindful that if you're doing the soccer drop-off and this another soccer mum has a completely different perspective to you you know it can you know sometimes it could be you know um it can be tricky it can be awkward mm mm-hmm.
0: So I guess there's there's two parts to that for me that the yeah. first part would be to have to to trust to trust yeah. yourself and again discernment yeah. you know for me I feel like that's that's a, a skill that I have really strengthened is, mm. is my ability to discern yeah. um, and I haven't always got it right but But that's okay.
1: Um, Beautiful
0: things have come from that in in their own way. But it's cultivating this muscle of self-trust. Do I trust myself to know when and where and how I share myself? Do I feel safe? Does this feel good for me? Or does it feel better for me to not express it right now? And that doesn't mean that I'm ashamed or hiding. It means I'm making an empowered decision, an empowered decision about what I'm choosing to share of myself and what that is going to mean for me.
1: Mm.
0: The second part of that is um, when I have shared around the the, the industry that I work in, sacred sexuality, and I've talked about my events, um, it opens up conversations that people are desperate for. Mm. The, 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 outpouring of gratitude and desire to share about marital problems or issues with children and the hunger for information and perspective and opinion and an alternate version of how to live Mm. is unbelievably huge. And I'm talking about from industry, like the finance industry, yeah. the building industry these people who are working in these industries are just like us and they have emotional upheaval they have traumas they have challenges with their partners and their children and their workplaces and their bodies and their parents mm. we're just desperate for connection yeah. so there there is discernment but also but the, the more I have felt trusting of myself to talk about my experiences and also the more I trust myself about what it is that I'm choosing to share in any given moment, Mm -hmm. that allows such a lot of magic and healing for other people.
1: Yeah.
0: And it allows it to start to reach beyond the workshop room. It's actually starting to land in offices, in family homes that are are maybe not doing this, you know, deep inner work or, or whatever we want to brand it as. Yeah. that's that's where the magic is for me
1: Mm, definitely definitely and I think you know it's giving yourself that permission and then just you know and as you know said before like surrendering that and just trusting that it will land however it will land for everyone who you know who reads it watches it you know whatever um yeah yeah Trust is a beautiful thing. What is next for you? Mm,
0: Well, (laughs) what's next for me is, you know, uh, I'm not sure actually. I am still very focused on erotica. My energy is is really consumed and intimate with that final event for Friday. And after that, I'm just going to be available and open to whatever's going to come through next, and I'm not sure what that's going to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I do have another, another event project that's happening in the background called Earth Prayer, yeah. um, and that's a human art installation mm-hmm. um, to celebrate and to devotionally pray to the earth. And then we're also going to have a tree planting working bee. Cool. So that's happening um, probably in May or June. Awesome. But from now it's, yeah, just settling into my own journey into really being present with my son and my family and what wants to creatively move through me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very
0: grateful to have this time and this opportunity.
1: Yeah, nice. You do, you know, you do do a lot of, you know, a lot of different things. You know, you perform, you're a spiral practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're in your workshops and you know your sacred sexuality. Um, what's my question <laughs> <laughs> is what's what's the common thread throughout all of it and how do you how do you dance and do all of those things but keeping that that inner peace and simplicity in terms of whatever you're doing in in the moment does that make sense
0: Mm, I think so um how do I stay within within my center with with all yeah. of those different offerings and
1: yeah. interests. Yeah. And how do you, you know, is it just, you know, is, is it okay, um, you know, we're talking before, you know, the categories, is it a wholeness for you and then you're just being called to do that one thing or what does that process look like for you? Uh, look, normally
0: around the, the creating of events and offerings, normally what happens for me is I get, it's like I get a hit or I get a, I get a vision or a creative download of something that I can see very, very clearly. I can feel um, vibrating in my body and so I know. And so then I just move towards that and I'm just, I guess I'm just really good at taking the next step. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and something that I have always had is an ability to, to do that, to take action. Mm -hmm. um I'm not afraid to take action and I'm not afraid to get things wrong I'm not afraid to make mistakes I'm not afraid to say sorry if I fuck it up yeah so I feel like because I have that aspect um I can just do all the things it feels for me my life doesn't feel overwhelming or destabilizing it it would feel it feels more like that when I don't have um, avenues for my creative juices and my, mm. my passions and my eros to run through yeah. so that's they're normally the times when I where I feel um, emotionally unstable mm. and distressed because I can't I can't find the, the outlet or the avenue for my creativity and my eros to move through
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah I think I, I don't remember the second part of your question think there was a second part but I don't I don't recall right now yeah
1: it was just more about you know yeah I think you, you definitely answered that in in what you just spoke so yeah thank you um again you know there's so many ways that you know people you know keep it simple or do this particular funnel or you know whatever these things you know is and so I'm always really curious um as to the inspiration behind people's flow Ah, okay yeah that's
0: right that was the other part That the common the common thread um is an interest in the inner workings Mm. of myself and of others yeah Um, and to create i like to create and i don't want to be pigeonholed as Mm. elsa just does this she's just a coach or she just does erotic events or like that's not I don't feel like that's for me accurate I'm always evolving I'm always shifting and what I want to be able to do is to move my eros and my creativity in any way that I feel like needs to come through knowing that it's in service to myself but also in service to um, my other beliefs my higher integrities and um, and what my mission is here so
1: Mm. um,
0: which can be fluid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is definitely. What is your mission here?
0: Look, it's it's fluid, you know. There's there's the narcissistic mission which is just to to have the most beautiful, full, complete, sexy, joyous, happy life. There's there's mm-hmm. all the things that I want for myself and for my time here on this planet.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and then there's the altruistic purpose which is to serve. To serve humanity and to serve the planet.
1: Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you think everyone should experience before they die? <laughs> Oof.
0: <laughs> um, mm. Wow, I really shy away from uh mm. from uh these sorts of things from that sort of statements. Mmm mm. One thing, <laughs> I think to maybe to uh, to bathe your genitals in sunlight.
1: Mm, beautiful, yes. I do totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> we were out outside yesterday, actually. Uh-huh. Doing that exact thing. And there was a helicopter flying past really low. So uh-huh. it's that moment where it's like, do we just stay and go, fuck it? Do we do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it I do love it. Um hmm. the one last question before before we wrap up, um, and that is what is turning you on at the moment? Uh,
0: what is turning me on at the moment is um feathers actually feathers and clouds are absolutely turning me on I have a real delight in working with elements yeah um so I've been working with the air elements I've been collecting feathers like uh, like a bandit from all different lands that I've been to so feathers
1: (laughs) beautiful beautiful well we feed the wild birds Mm -hmm. at in our backyard so if um if I see any feathers I will absolutely collect them for you (laughs) you. (laughs) beautiful Beautiful. thank you so much for being on on the show I find your energy I could just bathe in your energy all day long it's so calming but it comes from this really strong rich Mm -hmm. center um, that is just absolutely beautiful, and um, I really honour where where you're at and um, your perspective on the world and your contribution is is beautiful to watch, and um, I'm really curious to see, you know what. Um, what unfolds for you now and yeah. Um, yeah so thank you so much it's um oh it's just it's yeah, beautiful beautiful yeah. i feel really honored to have shared this time with you today so yeah,
0: thank you for having me it's yeah it's been really fun actually to, mm. to share and to meet you and to feel you and yeah. to have this co-created experience so thank you for having
1: me oh. You're so welcome. Thank you. And for everybody watching, I will be back at the same time next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen. or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.